chapter 16, verse 23. Amen. Again, we welcome you to Christ-centered church. And I, I am completely confident that God will speak to you this morning. Amen. And the good news about God, let me tell you, this will continue to happen Friday night. I was down in Mercer County, and you know what we do on Friday night in Mercer County. And we had a new gentleman that came to uh, Bible study and um, looked like he was probably late 50s, early 60s. And I began to just speak what I felt like God put on my heart to speak. And when, we're, when class was over and I was leaving, he came up to me and said, listen, I'm coming back to class next week because everything you were saying, you never met me a day in your life. And everything you were saying was exactly what was going on in my life. Amen. What is that all about? He said, I'll be back. Amen. I said, I'll see you. I'll be back too. <laughs> said, I've been going back for six years, so I'll see you Friday. <laughs> but it's just amazing how God knows everything. And he will cause anybody that preached to you, they can only preach if they're really doing anything, making any difference. They can only do that by the power of God's spirit and God's word, because nobody can know what's going on in everybody's life but God. And so if a group of people are gathered and the word of God begin to come forth and it begin to be words that speaking to you, how would that be possible if it's speaking to you and probably in particular some situation that you're dealing with? How is that possible for any man to know that? And most of you didn't see me all week, so you know I can't know what things that I'm going to say today. But God is really, really impressed in my heart to say these things because he wants to speak to us. God wants to speak to us. And when God wants to speak to us, initially it don't feel good. <laughs> but, what, but guess what? We need to thank God whenever he speaks to us. The almighty God speaking to us. We'll all get excited if our favorite celebrities speak to us. So just think, the Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth, and the creator of all people, speaks to us. Man, that's fantastic. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Let me see if I need my glasses. No one you need glasses, but you keep on trying not to need them. No, no. It's not like I'm getting younger, so I don't have a choice. I'm holding out thinking... Uh, maybe I get maybe this time I, I'll get to see it real clear. That's what you tell yourself. Some days it's a little bit more blurry than other days. Other days it's like, oh, yeah, I can see this. And other days you're like, no, I can't see this. I don't know what that's all about. I guess it's age. Acts chapter 16, verse 23 reads as thus. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison. Charging the jailers to keep them safely. Now, I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying this morning. It says that Paul and Silas, you'll see it's Paul and Silas. We haven't got there yet. But it's talking about Paul and Silas was beaten and cast into prison. And not only were they cast into prison, but there was a charge given to the jailer, the keeper of the prison, to keep them safe. In other words, you better not let them get out. Who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. It's wooden shackles, stocks, wooden shackles. So not only did they throw them into the 
inner part of the prison, in the middle of the prison, but they also shackled their feet with, with wood shackles. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep. I don't know why he was sleeping when he was supposed to be watching. But anyway, awakened out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had been fled. This is what was going on. When he realized that they were unshackled and the doors were open and it was dark and he couldn't see them, he thought they escaped. What happened back then is if if you were a jailer, keeper of a jail, and you are supposed to be watching a prisoner, if you let him escape, whatever was supposed to be done to that prisoner will be done to you. So he realized, I'm a dead man. If they got away, I'm a dead man, so I might as well kill myself. That's why he was about to kill himself, because he thought they left. But Paul cried with a loud voice, saying, Do thyself no harm, for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in, and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's what the jailer asked. He forgot about what was going on. He forgot that he was charged. That you better watch them and keep them safe until it's time for us to do whatever we need to do with them next. And instead of him being concerned about, listen, you can't let them go and you can't be asking what you need to do be, to be saved because you're a dead man walking if you let them go. He didn't think about none of that. He says, Paul, Silas, what must I do to be saved? He forgot about what danger he would be in and that he may be killed for letting them out. And brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. I'll stop there. Next text, Acts chapter 2, verse 40. The word of the Lord says in verse 40, And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. All week long, in my head, and a lot was going on. I worked with Sister Danielle. She came in my office one day, one of these days, and she said, as she was walking to me, she read my mind saying, because she know my mannerism. This is what she said I was saying, and she was dead on right. Please don't tell me something that I got to do, because I can't take anything else. <laughs> that's, that's really what I was thinking. Because all I keep on hearing in my heart, save yourselves. Save yourselves. And so I entitled this message today to preach to you, save yourself. Save 
yourself. Save yourself. That's all he keep on reverberating in my mind. Save yourself. And I couldn't get a hold of it at a time. When God gives you a word, sometimes you got to put down everything and get away and says, okay, where am I going with this, Lord? And so it took a while before I started getting the direction on where I'm going. And, and it wasn't until late Friday that I started getting direction. When, when, when I got a minister and, and I don't get clear word from God, I'm, I'm frustrated. I can't, I don't want to talk to nobody. I don't want to deal with anybody. And it has nothing to do with them. It has to do with, I take my responsibilities serious. And if God says, now that I got a minister every Sunday, every Thursday, um, 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 Friday and, and Saturday going door knocking and all whatever stuff. It, it's, I take it serious. And so I need clear because I don't have the ability. Let me just say that. I don't have the ability to minister to you every week like this. I don't. So I am totally dependent upon God to help me because if he don't help me, we can't get nothing done in here. And you all will come and says, yeah, he was rambling and talking some crazy stuff. <laughs> You may be seated. Save yourself. Now, I have a little bit of problem with save yourself, and you will probably see the same thing I'm seeing. The Bible says, save yourself from this untoward generation, meaning save yourself from the evil around you. Save yourself from the bad situation that, that is around you. Save yourself. And so the Bible is telling us, save ourselves. But I remember reading in the scripture where the Bible says, God is our Savior. And so God, why are you telling us to save ourselves when you are the Savior? For those of you that don't really understand that God is the Savior, I am going to show you, just point out to you a little bit this morning, that God is our Savior, where the Bible teaches from the Old Testament to the New to show us God is our Savior. In Second Samuel 22, verse 2 through 4, And he said, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, the God of my rock. In him will I trust. He is my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high tower and my refuge, my savior, thou savest me from violence. I will call on the Lord who is worthy to be praised, so shall be saved from mine enemies. Savior. That's, that's David. His relationship with God. And you know that dude had a great relationship with God. He called God his shield, his horn of salvation, his high tower, his refuge, his savior. Isaiah 43 verse 11 says, I, even I, am the Lord. And besides me, there is no savior. God is letting us know he is our savior. Matthew chapter 1 verse 20. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. 
Luke chapter 2 verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Acts chapter 13 verse 23. Of this man's seed had God according to his promise raised unto Israel a Savior, Jesus. I might can get this across real quick before I get really deep into this lesson. Isaiah is the Old Testament in the Bible. And Isaiah chapter 43 verse 11 says, I, even I, am the Lord. This is the Almighty God talking. And besides me, there is no Savior. So when we got into the New Testament and we read Luke 11, Luke 2 and 11, and it says, For unto us is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And Acts chapter 13, verse 23, Of this man's seed had God, according to his purpose, raised up Israel a Savior, Jesus. Now, I don't know if you see this, but in the Old Testament, God says there is no other Savior but him. Then you go in the New Testament and you read that Jesus is the Savior. Now, either God lied or the God that says I'm the only Savior in the Old Testament is the man Christ Jesus in the New Testament. You got a choice to believe whatever you want today. God says I'm the only Savior in the Old Testament. I'm the only Savior. Then we start reading that Jesus is the Savior. Well, hold on now. The Bible got some discrepancy. Or God knows what he's talking about. And I believe God knows what he's talking about. Anybody believe God knows what he's talking about? Let me put it to you this way so you get a clear understanding of why it makes sense that God knows what he's saying. The invisible God in the Old Testament who became visible as Jesus Christ was our Savior invisibly and continues to be our Savior visibly as Jesus Christ. Come on, don't lose me. Don't lose me. Stay with me. Who parted the Red Sea to deliver Israel? The invisible God. He saved Israel. He did it invisibly. He did it just by allowing His power to just move upon the earth and the Red Sea was parted and the Israelis were saved. He did it from the throne room of heaven. But because he loved us so much, and he wanted us to know him in a more special way, and he wanted to show us what we can be if we will just allow him to work in our life, he came as a man. He said, listen, I've done great things invisibly, but it's time that I'll make you see me and know me. That's why it says in the Bible in 1 Timothy 3.16 that God was manifest in the flesh. Because God loves us so much that he's constantly trying to help us. So God is our Savior. But if God is our Savior, why is he telling us to save ourselves? Save yourselves. God, what do you mean by that? Save myself. You are my Savior. You will save me. So why do I need to save myself? Let's look at the word Savior. To see what Savior really means. If you really dig deep 
on this definition Savior, you will see it means that a Savior is our defender. Savior is our deliverer. Savior is our preserver. Savior is our rescuer. Savior is one who keeps us safe. Savior is one who gives us victory. Savior is one who provides salvation. And I'll go further and tell you when you go deep down in the Hebrew, Savior really means freedom. People tend to think, and I hear it all the time, and I said, boy, God help their ignorance. But we tend to start believing that when I start going to church, and I start living for God and obeying His Word, I'm, I, I can't do anything anymore. I, I, I just, I'm just corny now, and now I'm, I'm just living straight. I can't do anything. I can't have any fun. And we tend to think that now we go to church, that life is just boring, and we don't have no freedom. But can I tell you this morning, church, the only time you will ever experience real freedom is when you get into the presence of God. The only time you will ever experience true freedom, the Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And if you ever want real freedom, you've got to give your life to Jesus Christ. If you want to live a life of being bound, if you want to live a life where you're being controlled, then you can live not for God, but when you live for God, you will experience real freedom like nobody else. You've heard me said this before. I was a normal drinker, quote unquote. So when you have a job and you're a drinker, you, you kind of got to figure out what days you want to drink and what days you don't want to drink and how much you drink on some days and other days. And so, I try to work it a certain way. Monday night, yeah, Monday night football, I can have me a couple. Obviously, Saturday night, you're going to do something. Sunday night, kind of low-key. Friday night, obviously, yes. And so, you, the other days, you kind of, uh-uh-uh, not too much, or if I do, I'll maybe one. And so, you kind of got it like that in your mind. And so, I remember finding myself... Where Sunday mornings, because Saturday nights always is the big night. And I remember waking up on some Sunday mornings, and I still feel the effects of Saturday night. And I said, Lord have mercy. I, I, man, I'm not drinking today. Last night I went overboard. The, the, the ceiling's still spinning. It's daytime and it's still spinning in the house. And it's morning time. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, that's supposed to only happen, you know, like, like four o'clock in the morning when you're coming in and you drunk as a skunk. That's the only time the house is supposed to be spinning. But when you're waking up at 10 in the morning, 11 in the morning, and it's still spinning, you went overboard. <laughs> and so I felt like I went overboard sometimes. And I used to, you know, I had the basement of my mom's house. Basement was my crib, was my pad. And the basement window, uh, you know, is right above me. So I'm, you know, in the basement, basement window. And whenever my friends come to come see me, they didn't even ring the doorbell. They just went to the side of the house and knocked the basement door or the basement window. I remember, you know, nothing a day. I'm just going to watch football, get me probably a Pepsi or some, and a hoagie and a chip and some chips. And I'm not drinking a day. All of a sudden, yeah. Yeah! 
after they call me by my na- nickname. And I come, yo, what's up? Yo, we doing so-and-so. And before you know it, we putting a couple dollars together to get a case. But we call that freedom. I went through all that to say that. that but we said we free. I thought I told myself that I couldn't drink no more that Sunday because it was too much. But guess what? I got up that Sunday and said, I know what I said last night, but I got a drink today. Why? Because I was bound. I wasn't free. I wasn't doing what I want to. I was doing what the alcohol was making me do. But we walk around and talk about, man, Christianity is, is, is got you bound up, man. You can't do nothing. The devil is so good, he twists your mind to make you think. Make you think that freedom is really being controlled by the vices of this world. That's what the devil is making us think. Freedom is being controlled by the vices of this world. But when you go to God, you're in slavery. But God is trying to tell us today that we better save ourselves and stop letting the devil tell us all kind of foolishness and stop letting our emotions tell us all kinds of foolishness. It's not until we get Jesus and we live for Jesus will we ever truly be free. Will we ever truly be free. We need Jesus to be free. He is the Savior. Ah, oh, man. God, help me today. It's Something going on. Something going on. Something going on. Uh, Many of us here today. Tell your neighbor real quick. Take off your mask. Tell your other neighbor. Tell tell your other neighbor. Just stop fronting. Just stop fronting. I don't know what they're using right now, but I'm just because that's my time. Stop fronting. Here's the other thing you're going to tell them. Just don't care what nobody think about you. Come on, tell your neighbor, just don't care about what nobody think about you. Alright. Why am I telling you that? Because the Lord has revealed to me that we've got much problems in our life and much tribulation and much terrible things that are going on in our life that we have been good at masking. The Lord has revealed to me that we've got turmoil in our lives. We, we want situations fixed and we need things to be done right in our life and we, we, we don't even have the courage to say it and we realize that there's no way to get out of the situation or to get the situation fixed but we still keep going because somehow we've tricked ourselves to think if we keep going this will get better but Jesus want me to tell you today it will never get better because it takes the Savior to get it better and you got to Stop fronting. You gotta stop wearing the mask. You gotta say, I got a problem. I got a situation. I got some troubles. I got some terrible things that I need worked out. And today, I've come to take off my mask. Today, I've come to just say, Here I am, Lord. It doesn't matter what nobody thinks. It doesn't matter what nobody says. I wanna be free. I wanna be saved. I wanna be delivered. I wanna be set free. Oh, oh my God. 
Oh, help me, Jesus. Oh, you got to remember, can I tell you uh, what keeps me going, Brother Fox? Uh, whatever you know about me uh, and think about me uh, and think I've done wrong, uh, I said, God, you said in your word, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so if you want to criticize me, if you want to say something about me, I feel sorry for you because you're acting like you ain't got no problems. That you ain't never did nothing, but I know all of sin. God can't lie. And if you sin, you have no reason to talk about nobody else's sin. God wants to save you. Oh my God. And you're stopping yourself from being saved by God. Because we got to put on for people. Because we have a certain status and people. We have shown the status. And now all of a sudden we find ourselves keeping up to that status. Because everybody got to know this is who I am. But I found out when I get in Christ. When I'm in Christ. It doesn't matter what you think about me. It only matters what Jesus thinks about me. I would rather impress Jesus and please Jesus than please you or please anybody else. And I'm here this morning to tell you you need to stand to your feet and say, Jesus, I'm here to please you because you are the only one that can deliver me. You are the only one that can save me later for impressing everybody else. We're stuck on stock. We're stuck and there's no movement because we gotta save ourselves, but we're binding ourselves, we're stopping ourselves from being saved because we're worried about other people. Amen. Oh. Amen. oh my God, help me this morning. Help me this morning. We've got problems. The Bible already says the, the days of man are many troubles. So, so trying to act like you just somehow beat the system. Please don't do that. Nobody don't beat the system in God. Nobody don't beat the system. It is what it is. You might can beat the system of the government. You might can beat the system of your job. You might can beat the system of anything else. But you can't beat the kingdom of God. You can't beat the word of God. You can't come up against the power Oh God You can't beat the system So waiting to try to figure out a way How to get it done Without looking any kind of way uh, That's what we want about Tony How we look How we look It's the reason why Jesus said to us That we must come unto him as little children <laughs> he don't miss nothing. He don't miss nothing, brother Bush. If Jesus said, "Come unto him as little children," you know what I mean? Kids don't worry about embarrassment. Amen. We are the one that say, "Don't do that. You don't embarrass me." I ain't worried about being embarrassed. Amen. I'm past that, man. Forget about that. I'm serious about Jesus. 
I'm serious about Jesus, so I ain't got time to be embarrassed. If I get embarrassed, I just get embarrassed. But just let's keep it moving. Because God is too good to me, and God is my Savior. God is the one that's going to uphold me. It, we, we talked about what the Savior does. He preserves you. He keeps you safe. And so while everybody is talking, and while everybody... Listen, I've watched God do this for me, and he will do it for you. I watch people say things bad about me. And guess what? Since I've grown up as a Christian, I get on my knees. God have mercy upon them. Because for everybody that take a shot at a child of God, not just me, any child of God, man, something serious is coming your way. You can't be taking shots at a child of God because God is the only one that, that ch- chastises children. Don't, don't take no shot at nobody. That's why I ain't talking about nobody that's a child of God. Hmm. Save yourself. Save yourself. No need to front. No need to worry about all the different things. Uh, we're caught up in stuff. We're, we're caught up in stuff, Tony. Uh, some of us are caught up in, you know, addiction. We're addicted to things. and We allow certain things to take our focus. And uh, God is trying to get us delivered from that. Remember... We get caught up in situation and it becomes bad after a while, not overnight. Uh, the, the, the devil work in a way that make you think that that's not a big deal. But eventually you find yourself in a situation where you're like, how did I ever get here? Well, it started someplace long time ago. There was something wrong. There was something deep down within you. Can I say to you and to myself today, we need to go and look at some of the little things in our lives. Because we ignore some of the little things. And the little things become a little bit bigger and a little bit bigger. And before you know, they're big and out of control. And then after a while, you can't take it no more. And you do something dreadful. And sometimes we do things drastic to the point where we can't even, uh, we, we, we can't even get ourselves back to a normal place. Remember what I've been saying to you. Most of us have struggles and challenges in our life because of this, because of your hurt. I've been saying that for a while and I've been saying it because I want you to check it. I want you to know our hurt is causing us to fall into a bad situation. Because, see, when somebody do something to you, sometimes we do what we shouldn't do, which is pay them back. Amen. Take revenge. We do that. And sometimes we do some stuff that we feel good about. Yeah, got him back. Better not say that about me no more. Messed him up. So we, 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 we sometimes come back at people when they do stuff to us. But hurt... In the meantime, what hurt does is hurt make us begin to justify all of our wrong actions. And hurt take us down this, 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 this slippery slope where we can't stop slipping down the slope and can't stop going down. Because every time it comes to your mind, well, you know that ain't right, man. Yeah, but you know what? You don't know how I feel. Amen. And we use that hurt to justify all of our actions. Well, Jesus wants you to know, save yourself. He is not going to allow you to feel comfortable using that. uh, What's the word I'm using? Scapegoat, but, but, but use it as an excuse. God will not allow you. Those of you that are in here today, God is not taking 
your excuses anymore for your behavior. This is why he had me come to preach to you, save yourself. So what he's telling you is, whatever you was holding on to, to justify, to make an excuse for why you're living the way you're living, for why you're doing the things that you're doing, for why you're going through what you're going through, God says, no more. No more. Forget about your past. Forget about how the situation went. God says, no more. Because he is more than enough and more than capable to help you. But the problem is, you want to do what you want to do, and so you just keep on holding on to what they did to you, so you won't allow God to come in and do what he needs to do. you got to let it go. You gotta let go what, what, what you're holding on to. Because that thing that you're holding on to is only gonna destroy you. That thing that you're holding on to is only gonna hurt you. What we say, bitterness only destroy the container that carries it. So you can't allow your hurt to become bitterness. And hurt will become bitterness. When you justify your behavior, sooner or later, you're gonna become bitter. Save yourself. Tell your neighbor, save yourself. Acts chapter 16. I'm going to jump down to verse 25 and 26. Let me show you something. Let me show you something. Look at this. Paul and Silas, all the prisoners and the jailers needed a savior. Okay, I'll take my time. Paul and Silas were disciples. You can say apostles. And they needed a savior. Because they were beaten and thrown in jail. The people in the jail that was doing time before Paul and Silas ever got there, they were locked up. They needed a savior. The jailer, he didn't have no God in his life. All he was doing was doing his job. He was, he, he was, the, he was the, um, uh, the, the, the one that kept the jail. He needed a savior. So what it looks like to me is we all need a savior. You could have been living for God for 20 years. You need a savior. That's why God told me to preach this today. Because your length of time living for God do not exclude you today from needing a savior. You need a savior. It doesn't matter how long you've been living for God. And if you haven't been living for God, you need a savior. Paul and Silas needed the Savior no matter how much they was powerful. They was reaching the loss. They needed the Savior. All those people in the jail needed the Savior. They were locked up with no Jesus. They needed the Savior. The jailer was doing his job, but he had no Savior. He needed the Savior. And so we all need a Savior. Tell your neighbor we all need a Savior. Why am I telling you to tell them? Because, because, because we don't no need the front. We're going to all walk out of these doors today knowing I'm no better than you and you're no better than me. Because we all need a Savior. It doesn't matter if I've been preaching this gospel since 2001 and how long I've been living for God. It don't matter. I need a Savior. And you need a Savior. Because as long as we walk in this earth, it's always going to be some challenges. It's always going to be some terrible situation. Paul and Silas were just living for God. Doing what God wanted them to do. And all of a sudden they find themselves being beaten and thrown in jail for doing right. So you think that you're going to not need a Savior? Amen. Oh, no, you're going to need a Savior. You need a Savior. 
And so we all need a savior. And so at midnight, verse 25, now that's where I'm going. Acts chapter 16, verse 25 says, And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them. Let me tell you this. Let me slow down and talk to you. Your worst of times and your best of times will reveal exactly who you are. Your worst of times and your best of times will reveal who you really are. And so sometimes people get rich and they think, okay. I'll be different now because now I got money. No, your riches is going to just reveal who you really are. If you were mean and you didn't like people, that's all you're going to be more of when you get money. You're going to really treat people terrible. And if, and, 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 and if you were a nice person and a good person and, and, and you, you, you went through some bad times, you're still going to be a nice person and a good person. Here's another thing that I'm going to try to tell you. Sometimes we think... Here is what's scary. Here's what I know. Sometimes we think that, okay, I'm not doing right right now. Okay, I'm not living the way God wants me to live. But guess what? When that time come, I'm really going to just really just give everything. Amen. There was a time in my life where I thought that too. So here we go. You know, okay, I haven't been living for God, but I got sick. I'm on, I'm on, my, on my dying bed. And now all of a sudden, yeah, I'm ready to live for God. You will not live for God. Because when the worst of times come or the best of times come, you will just keep doing what you know. Not what you think you should, but what you know. And so if you've been a sold out, dedicated Christian, when you're on your bed, you're going to be singing praises unto God. You're going to be worshiping God. You're going to be reading the Bible or tell somebody to read it to you. But if you were just a son of a gun and, and now you on your bed and somebody telling you about Jesus, you're going to be like, yeah, you're right, you're right, but you ain't going to get no Jesus because whatever we have put into this mind, into this heart, into our life, whatever we have put there, whatever is, is just, is just exceeding in our heart and mind in the last days when terrible times come or when good times come, that's what's going to dominate you. Don't you make no mistake about it. So waiting to try to figure out that you're going to give your best to God, I am telling you, this thing about God, you might as well just, guess what, jump in the pool while it's cold. When I go to baptize people, if Brother Scarlett couldn't warm the pool up for us, when we get ready to get in the pool, it's nothing you can do but just walk in that cold water. And you're just saying in your mind, God, this water is cold, but I'm just going to walk in it anyway, and we're going to get the baptism done anyway. So the bottom line is, don't you wait for the pool to get warmed up and think you're going to put your toe in it, and then, okay, let me give it some time, let me give it some time, and, and, and maybe it'll get warm, and then you, you put your foot down. Why are you playing those games with yourself? Jesus might come. Why are you fooling around? talking about I'm waiting for the water to warm up he might come what I know about Jesus is this listen the water is cold but I know I have to get in if I'm going to get baptized the water is freezing but I know I better get in if I'm going to get baptized if I don't get in I can never be baptized so stop playing around and step in that water and just walk in it and be freezing and still walk in it and be like oh I'm cold but still walk into that Amen. We can't wait. We're 
praying to get it right. But Jesus sent me here to tell you this morning, save yourself. Nobody can save you. Your husband can't save you. Your wife can't save you. Oh, your grandmom can't save you. Oh, man. We're going to have to save ourselves. I'm getting there. And so at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and every man's band were loose. The earthquake demonstrate the present and the power of God. So when the earthquake came and it shook the place, prison doors open, every man's band is loose, it demonstrated that God was present was present and his power was at work. Amen. The purpose of God will always be accompanied with the power and the presence of God. We want God's power. We want God's presence. But we're not doing God's will. Come on, work with me this morning. We want God's power. We want God's presence. But we're not doing God's will. Guess what? Then you won't get that. We end up walking away from God because we want to do our own thing. We, 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 we still spoil. God, if you don't do this, then you ain't real, and I'm just going to just keep on living in sin and do what I want. Oh, how silly we are. If God is God, you don't tell him what to do. When you start, when you're able to tell God what to do, then guess who is God? You don't want to answer that? You start telling God what to do and God does it. Guess who is God? You. You want to be God? You want to be God? Who wants to be God in here? You couldn't handle it. But that's what happens. So I don't want to be telling God stuff and he's like, okay, wait, I'll do that. No problem. No. Whatever I tell him, I just tell him what he says already. There was a um, at, at this conference that I normally go to, I didn't go this year, but there was uh, tongues and interpretation of tongues. Some of you don't understand what that is. Some of you do. So somebody spoke in tongues and it was interpreted. And one line that I remember, because I wrote it down, God says, it's not important that people hear your voice. It's important that they hear my voice. Amen. Oh, God. Because there was a preacher preaching. You know what he says? All we need to do is be God's echo. And then God spoke and backed it up and says, your voice is not important. My voice is what's important. You know what that means? God will only operate according to his word. So when we echo what he's already spoken, then we will see the work of God. Then we will see the power of God when we speak the word of God. But if we just speak what we want, we're just speaking our words and God said, your words is not important. It means your words won't do anything. Your words won't accomplish anything but what you wanted to accomplish. But your words will not be 
able to accomplish godly things. It's only God's word that will accomplish God's things. So we have a choice. We can keep on speaking our word or we can begin to echo God's word. Listen to me. And I'm getting ready to finish up here. It is in your darkest hour that you will experience the great saving power of the Savior Jesus Christ. Many of us give up on God before God ever did anything. You think God went to the cross just so he can give up on you? If you're giving up on God, it means you don't have complete trust in God. And God usually allows for the darkest hour to come in your life. And one of the reasons why God allowed for you to get to the darkest hour is two things. One of the things is that's usually where you get to your breaking point and you say, Oh God, I need you. That's usually the time when you sincerely say you need God. Most of us don't say we need God until we know I have no hope and this will not work if God don't intervene. And so God normally allows us to get to that point of where we're in our darkest hour. I tell God all the time, I don't need to wait to my because I would do Let me just talk to you now. What do you want now? Because I don't want to get to that point. I don't feel like, I don't like that. And so God usually operates that way because we do it that way. We're not ready to let him do what he wants in our life until we're at the point where it's just going to be just bad for us. And so God usually wait till that. And so when you get to that point is when you start calling on God. The other thing where, you know, God allow things to get crazy because he want to make sure he gets the credit. You might want to, you might want to know why that's important to God is because that's one of God's way of letting people come to him is by letting them know what he can do. So he wants the credit. He don't want you to get the credit. He don't want me to get the credit. He wants the credit. So people will know he's the great and mighty God. And so at midnight they prayed. And they sang praises. Midnight is considered the darkest time of the day. That's the reason why the Bible do things. Midnight is supposed to be the darkest hour of a 24 hour span. And the Bible says at midnight they prayed and they sing praises unto God. And here is what the Lord was are challenging you to, to, to do is, are you singing praises? Are you worshiping in your terrible situation? In that situation that you have a big problem with? Or are you just pouting and just fussing and just blaming everybody and doing the things that just, just, just God is not in it? Uh, uh, yeah, it got quiet now because I'm talking about something that we all dealing with. Because you, you shift the, you, you put the focus on the situation. Uh huh. Yes, yes. You have put your focus on the situation and everything now, uh, uh, in your action all comes from the situation. She not treat me right. He not treat me right. Oh, if I can just make a little bit more money, things will work out a little bit better for me. 
I got car problems and my job uh, ain't paying me enough and I might not have it for a long time. And all we're doing is focusing on the situation. I need to get married to somebody that's sweet and nice to me. I don't want to be lonely at this time of my life. And we got all these things. My relationship with my kids ain't working out right. And why do I keep doing this thing that I know is wrong? And all of these things are going on in our life. And all we do is think about it and fuss about it. And God is telling you this morning, save yourself. situations, the more you talk about them, the more they're your central focus, the bigger they become and the more power they garner in your life. And God is standing back and says, so that's more important to you now, huh? Okay. Okay, your financial situation, because your spouse ain't treating you right, that's more important, huh? Okay. Okay. Here's some harsh thing to realize. God dropped this in my spirit a while back. And it's serious business. Brother Bear, yes, sir. We, there's some situation where we can be married, not me and you, but you know what I'm saying. You know, two people married. Right. And, and, and they married. And one is doing everything that they can to live right for God and serve God and the other one is doing what they want. Here's what we don't realize. The one that's trying to do everything to make it right, if they start fussing and start complaining and quarreling about what's not right, it will overtake them. But if they keep living for God, here is what is serious that God put in my spirit that's scary. The one that's doing what they want live however they want, their payment for what they're doing could be hell. Hell. H-E-L-L. Hades. And so God has turned them over to a reprobate mind. God has sent them a strong delusion that they believe a lie. So they're living however they want. And here I am worrying about them because they won't treat me right. When in actuality, you know what, Wayne? Or Barry... Or whoever, just keep living for God. Because you're going to go to heaven just like the, the, the poor man did. Uh, uh, um, and, and, and the rich man went to hell. Just keep on living. Because you know what? Is that something that's too hard to endure to go to heaven? Is, is your, your situation not right? Is, is that the thing that you're going to focus on so bad that it's going to bring you down? And before you know it, you're just like the other person. Both of y'all going to hell. Or are you just going to say, you know what? Let them be what they're doing. Let them be who they are. I'll do my best. But heaven will be my home. That's where I'm going. That's where I'm looking forward to. And if they don't want to treat me right, and they don't want to get right, that's them that's going to miss out on eternal life with Christ. But we stay there. I am, listen, I am not telling you. I am not telling you that it's not hard. Don't get it twisted. But what I do know is I can do all things through Christ 
uh-huh, which strengthens me. So I didn't say it was going to be hard. I, easy. I just said, just trust God. Just do what God wants you to do, and you will make it through. I can't let anybody stop me from going to heaven. I can't let any situation stop me from going to heaven. I must save myself. Can't nobody else save me? You can't save me. My brother can't save me. My mama can't save me. Only I can save myself. That's important. Listen, I'm getting there. The prisoners, they heard them praising and praying. Prayer and praise are not common in prison. Yes, it happens sometimes, but it's not common. The songs of rejoicing and the language of praise is not usual among people laying in bonds. In dungeons. Christian has the source of happiness within them. You start living for God, you have the source of happiness. Oh, God help me, the Holy Ghost. Uh, You're spitting in God's face. Let me say it straight up. You're spitting in God's face when you are a Christian person and you have the Holy Ghost in you and you allow yourself to be unhappy and miserable and all that stuff. Don't you let nobody take you down that road of being unhappy. Don't you let nobody take you down that road of being miserable. Don't you let nobody take you down that road of missing out on God. You can't let anybody do that to you. You have God for yourself. I'm not telling you there are times it don't hurt and you got to cry a little bit. I'm not telling you that. I'm telling you, yes, it happened. But then you get up and you says, but greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And then you begin to praise God. And you begin to pray. And you begin to worship God. And before you know it, you will feel the presence of God. Before you know it, you will know that God is with you. And God is for you. And if God is for you, who can be against you? Ah, my God, we're getting somewhere this morning. We're getting somewhere this morning. (laughs) Help us, Jesus. And so, Paul and Silas, all prisoners, the jailers, they all needed a Savior. And today, We need a Savior. Your situation, only God can help you with it. Keep on sitting back and thinking somehow it's going to change without no God. It's only getting worse. It's only getting worse. Then he called for light, the jailer. I'm getting to the closing here. Then he called for light and sprang and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas. This is the jailer he's talking about. And brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. That word believe, it means this. Commit to trust the Lord Jesus Christ. How do you demonstrate your commitment and trust to God? Can I ask somebody that? How do you demonstrate your commitment and trust to God? Because that's what believe means. So you know, some places you go and they said, just believe. Okay, let's go with that. Let's go with that real quick. Just believe. Believe means commitment and trust 
in the Lord Jesus. How do you demonstrate that? How will somebody know you are believing and trusting in God? How will somebody know that? How, how will they know? Okay. Wife, how can you say you believe in your husband? Husband, how can you say you believe in your wife? It's all about some action. So if you just believe and think you're saved, that's erroneous. That's kind of where I'm going. Because believe means that you have to do something. You have to demonstrate commitment. You have to demonstrate trust. So if you believe, you are demonstrating commitment and you're demonstrating trust. If you believe. And so the Bible clears that up for us real quick. Where it says believe. It says in verse 32. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord. And to all that were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night. And washed their stripes. And was baptized. He and all his straightway. What am I trying to tell you today? You need to save yourself. The jailer, the guy that was keeping the jail, he saved himself. What did he do? And his family. What did he do? What he did was, when he got into the jam, where he had a situation, because he was in a situation. Because just say he knew the power. Just say he looked and said, oh God, the power of God. Listen, man, I know y'all men of God. Go ahead. Go ahead. I just deal with my masters and all them. Go ahead. He was going to die. He wasn't going to live. Or he was going to get thrown in prison for the rest of his life. So guess what? He had a situation. Either he was going to just let them go. He didn't have a choice because God was doing it. So he already know. Either he was going to just let them go and he was going to die. Or he was going to do what he did. He was in a situation. You're in a situation. What are you going to do? Are you going to save yourself? And so that's when the word of God said, save yourself. How did he save himself? By believing. What does believing mean? Commitment to trust and obey. And so when they told him what he needed to do, he did it. You demonstrate that you trust God. And that you're committed to God by doing what God says. So you can't fool yourself or fool anybody else. When you say, I believe God, show me how you believe God. Let's stop playing games with ourselves. What you believe. I should never ask you what you believe. I should look at your life and say what you believe. And that's what God is trying to tell you when he says, save yourself. He's telling you, what do you believe? And if you believe my word, then won't you act on my word? Because my word will do just what it says it will do. If you're in a situation, won't you act on my word? And my word will do exactly what it says it will do. Jesus said, cast all your cares upon me because I care it. Why are you walking around with your cares? I'm sure sometimes my wife thinks, Man, my husband crazy. He's like he's not seeing that that's happening. Oh, I know what's happening, but I did this. Jesus, you hold on to that. Amen. And I just kept on going. Like nothing happening. Because Jesus got it, baby. Isaiah, right? 
Isaiah. Okay, little, little, okay. All right. Come on, man. I remember I tried to pick him up one time. Isaiah, no joke. Woo-wee. He was like when Jordan was little. You got to have some muscle to pick up Isaiah. But Jesus said, cast your cares. So if you are walking around stressed out, bogged down, worn out, you didn't believe God. That's all I'm trying to tell you this morning. If you're walking around like the world is falling apart and your life is a mess, it means you don't believe God. It means you haven't done anything to save yourself. Because the only way you're going to save yourself is by believing God, which means obeying God. And so, the Bible says, save yourself. Save yourself is not that you can save yourself. You don't save yourself, Brother Teddy. But what you do is you will obey God's word so God's word and God will save you. So really what I'm saying here today is you have to do your part in order to ever be saved. And somehow, what we've been doing for so many years, God is all powerful. He knows everything. He sees everything. He will just magically just work out my situation. I don't have to do nothing. I will just, God, you know my situation. Will you touch my situation, Lord? Will you work out my situation? In Jesus' name, amen. That's what we've been doing. Yeah, that's what we've been doing for a long time. Yeah. And so, and so you go, you go on your way, and all of a sudden now, why the situation not working out? Because God says you need to save yourself. And what you just did is put it all on me and want me to do it. And God is saying, I can't save nobody that don't want to be saved. That's what this is all about. God can't save nobody that don't want to be saved. And so you can talk all you want that you want to be saved. God can't save you. Because God has already laid down His law how it works. It's unless both of us work together for you to get that situation worked out, it ain't get worked out. You want God to do it all by Himself and God said, that's not how it works. I'm not doing this all by myself. It's going to be me and you working together for that situation to get straight. And so I'm here today to tell you, save yourself. Will you stand to your feet? Ah. Let me give you a tip. Here's a tip. Because we don't, we, we, we read the word of God and somehow it don't work. I don't know what's wrong with us. What did Paul and Silas do when they needed saving? What else? Okay, pray and sing. Oh, oh, let Isaiah come. It's okay. Come on. You good? I'm not picking you up right now. We'll do that after church, okay? All right. Okay. All right. Um, I need two hands to pick him up. That's why. <laughs> so, so what did they do? They prayed and they sang. And then what happened when they prayed and they sang? Huh? Earthquake. Which demonstrated the power of God and the presence of God. And now what happened? Then they became free. And they got delivered. So, do you have a better way on how to get saved? Because I'm telling you right now, what you're going to have to do to get through your situation, to get delivered, to get saved... You're going to have to pray 
and you're going to have to praise. Everybody quiet. I guess you don't want to get saved. Amen. You know, we must be struggling a lot with relationships because we seem to, in relationship, somehow, we're trying to make the other person more responsible for the relationship than us. I'm telling you right now, straight to your face. Because this is what I know about God. If you feel strongly about relationship being two people doing everything that they can to please one another, you will have a different response to some of the things I'm saying. Amen. But many of us have reserved ourselves to the point of, okay, I'll do this, but I'm not doing this. That ain't relationship. That's rules. What did I tell you? Where there are rules, there are no love. Where, where there are love, where there is love, there are no rules. I don't have time to get in all that. But when you love somebody, remember God didn't make any rules. Because He loved us. For God so loved the world that He came up with some rules. But that's what we're doing in relationship. We're coming up with rules. I'll do this. I'm not doing that. I go this far, but I'm not doing that. Relationship is doing what you know, not what you feel, what that person, what makes that person happy. What, 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 what make that person feel good. That's what you're, you can't focus on you when you're in relationship or else just don't get in none. Don't get in none. Because relationship is about what makes my I can do brother. What makes my brother happy? Him, him and I have a relationship. Amen. So the other day, he said he wanted an apostolic Bible. He didn't know, but I made, that's what made him happy. I went and got him an apostolic Bible. So the other day, he heard me talking about, I want a Bible with the Hebrew and with the English. So he went to search high and low to try to find me that. I'm just giving you a little snippet of when we are in right relationship. We don't come up with ideas and rules on how it's supposed to work. We just say, I love this person. I'm just going to do what makes them happy. Because that's what Jesus did. Amen. He loved us. And he says, I'm giving my life for them. I just got to rescue them. I don't care what it takes. It doesn't matter what it takes. He gave the most precious thing that was available in the earth to save us. Oh man, I can't give them my blood. I mean, maybe I can just give up, maybe I can just give them all the diamonds of the world, all the pearls. That's how we would think. Because we don't understand relationship. And so our relationship situation is all about us. And God is saying, save yourself by responding to my word. And that's how you get saved. But if you're going to do whatever you want, you will never save yourself. You will never save anything about you. And so God sent me here to tell you today that the only way you're going to be saved is by you doing something about it. There's nothing too hard for God. That's already been established. So don't you try to say, well, can God... Don't even open your mouth and utter that. Yes, he can. What What will you do? Amen. What will you do? Will you save yourself? Will you respond to God? Will you obey God? Will you commit to God? Because that's what God is asking us to do today. Amen. Is to save ourselves, Meaning, obey his word. 
and we will be in a place where he will save us. He will keep us safe. He will protect us. He will deliver us. He will bring us into salvation. That's what this is all about. And so for the next three minutes, three minutes, I want you to decide in your mind what you're going to do about saving yourself. However you're going to approach God for those three minutes, I want you to bow your head, whether you sing praises, whether you pray. But if you want to be saved today, God will save you. But if you just want to leave the same way you came in, then that's your choice as well. But God has really impressed in my heart all this week. Tell my people to save themselves. They're dying. They have a lot of challenges. But they have to do what they have to do before I can do what I have to do. Save yourself. If there's anybody here today that has never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, you just read it. That you believing is the beginning, but you must be baptized. The jailer got baptized. The jailer got baptized. You go to the Word of God, you say people got baptized. That's the first obe- the, the first thing you must obey in order to put yourself in position for salvation. Amen. You don't do that, you don't have a chance. Just believe it in your heart. This is just the beginning. You need to do more than that. And so I want you to pray today. I want you to, I want you to surrender your life to God today. I want you to decide today that this is the day that you surrender to God and save yourself. This is the day you say to yourself, my situation will no longer control me. I am going to give my life to God and I'm going to worship and praise God. I'm going to, I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to magnify the name of Jesus because my situation will not define me. I will not allow anything to stop me from going to heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus. Today, Almighty God, I pray for each and every person that, Lord God, the power of the enemy that's working in their life will work no more because I bind that power of Satan in their life. That strong man that is in their life, I bind him in the name of Jesus Christ. And I loose upon them, Lord God, the knowledge of Christ. And I loose upon them the power of God. Today, Lord, I pray that you'll open their spiritual eyes to see and that, God, their heart will be open and receptive to your word. That they will become doer of your word and not just hearer of your word. I pray today, O God, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you will speak to them today, Lord God, and that somebody will make a decision today to say, God, I will save myself. No longer will I allow circumstances around me to control me. No longer will I allow my hurt to rule me. No longer, Almighty God, will I allow my relationship challenges to take control of my life but today almighty God I surrender to you and I want to be saved today almighty God I give myself to you today almighty God and Lord I will not hold back any good thing from you within me Lord God I will give you all of my heart and all of my mind and all of my soul I pray today Lord God that somebody will repent of your sins that somebody oh God will be baptized in Jesus name that 
somebody, Lord God, will lift their hands and in faith receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking other tongues. Today, Lord, I pray that somebody will receive healing in their body. Oh God, that they will receive healing for their mind. And God, I pray that they will be changed from the top of their head to the sole of their feet. And they will be deliverance and that there will be salvation and restoration in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray today, Lord God, that you will have your way and that your will will be done today, Almighty God, that somebody will say, God, here I am. I give you my heart. Here I am. I give you my soul. Here I am. I give you my mind in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Lift your hands unto the Lord. Make a decision today to save yourself. Make up in your mind that nothing is worth more to you than your relationship with God. Nothing can be worth more to you than your relationship with God. And so today, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will embrace God's will for your life and that you will serve the Lord with gladness and that you will come before His presence with singing. Oh God, today I pray that you'll have your way and that God, the hearts of the people, Lord God, will be touched by you. That they will cast their cares upon you. Come on, somebody, cast your care upon Jesus right now. Cast your care upon Jesus right now. Cast your care upon Jesus right now. Father, reveal to them, oh God, how relationship really work with you. That Lord God, there is no laws or rules or limitation on what we must do to please the one that we love. Open their understanding today to know, Lord God, that relationship is about pleasing the one who I love. It's about doing what's best for the one that I love and not doing what pleases me. Oh God, I praise you today and I thank you today. Oh God, have your way today. Have your way, have your way, have your way. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Listen. There are times, this is, this is what just happened today. This is what just happened today. You are being